Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from June 28th by Pastor Randy titled, What Masters You? All right, so past couple of weeks we've been talking about temptation. And so the question I want to ask you this morning in the midst of this series is, what masters you? What masters you? Now here's the fact. We live in a not just a broken culture. We live in a broken Christian culture. So this is a question you need to take seriously because in all our lives and all our families, there's, there's stuff going on. There's mess going on. There's, there, there's sin that's happening. There's giving and temptation. People are being mastered. Okay, by sin in our Christian culture. So the real question is, what masters you? That's the, that's the question that we're asking this morning. And let's start off by looking at this verse in 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Uh, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. See, there's a lot of freedom in Christ, but not everything's beneficial. There's... This freedom where we can do anything. But Paul says, look back at this, the, the last seven words. Y- y'all say this with me. But I will not be mastered by anything. So, the question is, what masters you? Could be spending. You just like to shop. You're the type of person that overspends, but, but your excuse is, look at all the money that I saved because it was on sale when I overspent. You just like to buy stuff. It may be smoking. Smoking cigarettes, smoking dope, smoking crayons. I don't know. Just smoking stuff. Maybe what masters you. Maybe it's phone, social media. You know, you always got to look at the latest cat video or who posted what or who posted this. You can't even have a conversation without helping your, having your phone out. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe that's what masters you. Or maybe it's lying. You just lie. You don't even know why. You just lie. They just whenever you speak, just you always just lie. It's just what happens. Maybe it's eating. Maybe you just eat and eat. You can't push away from the table. You just eat. Maybe it's your appearance. You got to go to the gym and work out. You haven't had a car since 2017. That, that's you. You just it's all got about about your appearance. Maybe it's alcohol. You got to have that drink every day. Maybe it's caffeine. Now, I don't drink coffee, okay? But I've been to those coffee shops. And I discovered a lot of you, you don't drink coffee either. Because they don't serve coffee at those coffee shops. They serve liquid pie, right? That's what, you, that's what you have. Maybe it's computer games. You just play, play, play computer games. One day your thumbs are going to fly off because that's all you do is sit there and play computer games. Maybe it's gambling. You know, you're in debt, and you get more and more in debt, and you actually think you can gamble yourself out of your gambling debt. But here's the thing. We, we all have some things that tend to master us, things that maybe everybody knows about and things that maybe nobody knows about. And here's the reactions. There's three different reactions that people have when things master them. One is just denial. Deny, deny, deny. No, I'm doing okay. I'm fine. You know, I'm not a slave to anything. I'm not being mastered for anything. I'm doing okay. One is denial. The other is, this doesn't master, have mastery over me. I have power over this. I can stop anytime I want to. 
And then the third attitude that people have is just being the victim. You know, I can't help it. You know, it's just the way that I am. It's just the way I grew up. I'm powerless to change in this. But we live in a Christian culture that's broken. So something is mastering you. And if you don't know what that is, ask the person you came with. They can probably tell you what's mastering you. So, what we have said in the past couple of weeks is when it comes to defeating temptation... The first thing you have to have, the foundation of beating any temptation is being bonded to God. That relationship with God, uh, walking in the Spirit, you will not feel the lust of the flesh. That's what's key to, to, to the foundation of, of building your temptation. And here's the verse we're going to look at today. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is, pro, is permissible, but not everything builds up. So... He's not saying sinful things are okay. He's saying that not everything that's unlawful is permissible, but not everything is is for my benefit. People will ask a lot of times, uh, well, back up. People people will ask a lot of times, you know, can I do this? This is going too far. Well, that's the wrong question to ask. The, the question you want to ask is, is, is it beneficial? Uh, people want to say, can I get away with it? Can I go to this club and just dance all night with all these girls and all these guys? Can I, as a married man, go have dinner with this woman who's not my wife on this business trip? Or can I, as an overweight, middle-aged, balding guy, wear a Speedo at the pool? Well, you can do that. People may not come too close. They will socially distance, but you can do these things. The the question that you need to ask yourself is not, can I do it, uh, but is it the right thing to do? So Paul starts out just asking, everything's permissible. We have all this freedom. Then he takes this basis and he continues on, and this is his conclusion, this verse right here, in verse 31. So... And it's a so or say, therefore, depending on your version, he's making conclusion. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything to the glory of God. So the question is not just, is it okay? The question is, does it bring glory to God? Does it put a spotlight on God? That's the question we we need to ask ourselves. Because most of us grew up in a church, grew up in a setting where we had all these rules and regulations. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. And I promise you, Jesus did not go to the cross and be resurrected again so we can have a list of things we can and can't do. Christianity is about freedom. It's not about what you can do and not what you can't do. It's about everything that you do. Whatever you do. See, this totally ends the discussion on what's spiritual and not spiritual. Or what's spiritual and what's secular? Oh, well, well, Sunday morning, that's spiritual. That's God's time. But Friday night, eh, not so much. It ends that discussion because all your life is spiritual. Everything you do, whether you're, whether you're working or whether you're doing some recreation or you're inter- it's some sort of entertainment, everything you do ought to be about a way of shining a spotlight on God. It's all to be done. Whatever you do, Paul says, any and everything you do ought, ought to be done in such a way that shines a spotlight on God. Now, there are some things you can't do to the glory of God, right? It's hard to be immoral for the glory of God. It's hard to be angry and bitter for the glory of God. It's hard to be selfish and lustful for the glory of God. 
So if you're going to defeat temptation, if you're going to win over temptation, you have to realize you have to be bonded to God. Everything has to be about Him and His glory. If that's not there, you're going to have trouble defeating temptation. It's just going to, it's going to be difficult. Now, we're going to switch up. We're fixing to go to another part of this. Because that being bonded to God, that's the foundation of what you must have. But there are other things you can do to defeat temptation. But here's what I need you to understand. Those other things that Scripture talks about doing, they're not going to work unless you have that foundation being bonded to God. Let me try and give you an example. In Scripture, there are several paradoxes. Now, they're not true paradoxes, but I don't have a better word for it than to call it a paradox. I know there's, maybe there's another word out there. I'm not sure what it is. Things like this. Is Jesus God or man? Well, he's both. He's 100% God and 100% man. If you don't believe he's both, you're going to fall into a doctrinal ditch. Let me ask you this. Who wrote scripture? Was it man or was it God? Well, both. We believe that man wrote scripture, that it was his words, it was, it was his his vocabulary, his way of putting things, but it was all guided by the Holy Spirit. Here's what it says in, in, in 2 Peter. No prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you another question. Who put Jesus on the cross? Did God put him there? Was it God's plan or did man put him there? Well, it was both, right? Here's what we read in in Acts 2.23, though he was delivered up according to, to God's determined plan and foreknowledge. God planned this out for the foundation of the world. Yet it was lawless, evil people who nailed him to the cross and killed him. So it's both. Concerning your salvation. How did you become a Christian? Was it because God made it happen or because you made a decision? Well, it was both. God planned out on your salvation before the foundation of the world, but you had to believe. You had to surrender. What about your sanctification? You growing as a Christian. Is that just let go and let God, or do you have to put some effort into that? Well, it's both. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Because it's God who works within you. What I want you to understand is that you have to have both those things But in all those scenarios, God's side is always the bigger side. It's always the more accompanying side. It's like those fire jets that have to have two pots to them. You know, one's more important than the other. You can eject that Rio and still fly the plane, right? But but if you're going to be effective in battle, you have to have both those pilots. Think of it like this. I brought some help with me today. This This is lightsaber. This is an illustration for Jeremy this morning. He'll follow along on this. I've got his attention. Nobody else is in here. All right. Let's say this right here represents your ability to defeat temptation. Okay? This represents your ability to defeat temptation. Now, we'll even turn it on for you. we got sound effects. If I just use these two fingers, how effective am I going to be in defeating temptation? Not very well. If this represents my ability to defeat temptation, I can move it around a little bit, but if I get the slightest little bump, it's going to go flying out of my hands. Or even if I put my thumb in there and a couple of fingers, the same thing. I can move it some, 
But if I just have a little bit of resistance, it's not going to work real well. But you let me take my palm, and I'll put my palm, and I'll put even a thumb around with that palm, and I'm a lot more able to wield this. I'm a lot more able to defeat my temptation. And you let me put a couple fingers around there, and buddy, Darth Vader better look out at that point, right? He's coming down. I can handle it then. See, what I want you to understand is that the palm of your hand, that represents you being bonded to God. That represents you, you understand that you've got to walk in the Spirit. And once you're able to do that, once you're bonded to God, walk in the Spirit, then what the Scriptures say, then you will defeat the desires of the flesh, right? Then you overcome those things. Then all these other things that you do, and we're going to start names, we're going to name some things in the next couple of weeks, things that you can do. Then that day become effective. If I try and just have a couple of things that Scripture talks about in the defeating temptation, it's not going to work too well if I'm not bonded to God, okay? It's just not going to work. Are you following me despite the weird illustration this morning? Do you get what I'm trying to go with this? All right. Is it okay to put a lightsaber on the communion table? <laughs> to some of you, yes. It belongs right there. To others, you're not sure. All right. So one step you need in order to defeat temptation is that you need to be around the right people. If you're going to defeat temptation, you need to be around the right people. Here's what we read. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Why does he say don't be deceived? Because it's easy to be deceived and thinking the people you hang around with, they don't affect you that much. But what he says is bad company corrupts good morals. Then he goes on to say, come to your senses and stop sinning. For some people are ignorant about God. I say this to your shame. Stop being deceiving yourselves and think that you can hang around whoever you want to hang around with. Here's what you need to understand. At any age, your friends will determine your direction in life. At any age, they will determine that. And so you need to be careful who you hang around with. Because that will lead your life in a a certain direction. You need to understand that the people who you're with, they have a profound effect on you. And some of you, you need some friendship upgrades, frankly. You need to go to some of your friends and say, I'm sorry, I'm making some friendship upgrades and you didn't make the cut. Because i got to find me some new friends. Because you, you, you start to wise up and you understand that, that bad company does corrupt good morals. You, you need to get a hold of that. So what kind of people do you need? What kind of friends do you need? Well, here we're told in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from living God. You need the type of people, hang, hang around type of people that will come to your life and see that maybe you have an evil that, that's a misbehaving or, a, or an unbelieving, a misbelieving heart in turning away from God. You need the type of friends in your life that will come and say, I think you're drifting away from God. God or the type of friends that that you can go to and say hey I think I'm drifting away from God that's the type of friends that that you need to have in your life and he says in here that any one of you that this could happen to any of us and some of you that's your testimony you grew up in church then you went to college or high school and it always goes that then you met a person, right? You met that guy, you met that girl, you had that relationship, you moved to that city. 
And then you got away from God because of that. Because you got around the wrong people and they led you away from God. And then you had to come back. For some of you, you know that it's happened to you. For others, we ought to all know, yes, any of us, we can drift away from God. And then he says this in verse 13. But encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you are hardened by sin's deception. Encourage one another. Now, this is not the type of encouragement like, way to go, hang in there, you know, you're doing a great job. It's not that. It's a type of encouragement that means to, to confront, to urge, to, to uh, push on, to, to, uh, to push on toward in, in the right direction. It's that type of thing. And we are to encourage each other daily. Now, that assumes a relationship. It assumes that you've got people in your life that either you go to or will come to you and say, hey, there's something going on here. You know, I'm not going to judge you for that, but we need to deal with it. We need to deal with it severely. We need this. We need this. Why? Two reasons. Number one, sin grows best in the dark. Sin grows best in the dark where nobody else knows. That's why we need so desperately either people we can go to or people who will come to us and say, there's something going on here, we need to deal with it. The second reason we need it so desperately is because sin deceives. At the end of that verse, so we won't fall into sin's deception. It deceives. You know what it does? It makes smart people do dumb things. Have you ever known a smart person to do a dumb thing? Okay. Eddie, you think you're smart? Okay. <laughs> Have you ever known that? Yes. Smart people can make dumb decisions as far as their relationships are concerned, as far as their finances are concerned. Smart people can do dumb things. Happens all the time. And what do we do whenever we see a smart people do a dumb thing? We get on the phone. We call our friends. You see what Paul's doing? I can't believe Paul's doing that. How can he be so stupid? And we'll call other people and talk about Paul, but nobody will go to Paul and talk to Paul about what's going on. Why? Oh, that would be just awkward. Yes, it would be awkward. There is no unawkward way for it to happen. It will be awkward. But it's like planting flowers. You know, mom say, hey, you plant flowers, you get your hands dirty, but that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It will be awkward. It's so easy, isn't it, to look in other people's lives and see their stupidity, to see where they're messed up. Isn't that so easy to do? But guess what? It's just as easy for them to look in your life and see your stupidity. The question is, are you going to take advantage of that or not? Are you going to leverage that for your benefit or not? The way to defeat temptation is not to do life alone, but with other people. Where you have people in your life who have the right uh, to, to say, who share your convictions, they share your values, and they have a right to say something about what's going on in your life. So, let, let, me, let me just say this part of it. 
to help you understand. To have people who share your convictions, to be able to come into your life and talk about what's going on, that's just as spiritual as reading your Bible and praying. Okay? Just as spiritual. So, you want to be able to deal with temptation in your life? Yes, you're connected to God, but you have to have the right people in your life. Second thing that has to go on in your life that we're going to look at now is you have to eliminate temptation wherever you can. Look at here in, in Romans eight thirteen. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put the death of these of the body, you will live. So you have to put the death means you starve something. It means you, you let it die. You, you, you just... You just don't go there. Here's how Solomon puts it. We read this in our Bible study class this morning. Keep off the path of the wicked. Don't proceed on the way of the evil ones. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it and pass it by. So Solomon's telling his son, you see that evil path? Stupid. You see that path over there? Don't you even think about taking it. You go the other way. You see that path that's going to lead you to evil? Don't you even take a step on it. You go the other way. So you starve it, you eliminate it. You eliminate the temptation. Now I'm fixing to tell you something. I know it's going to be hard to take, but it's true. It's 100% true. I got people who can verify that it's true. Okay? Before I was a pastor, I was a man. That's true. 100% human. Before my Bible started hovering above my desk, I was a human. And I had to learn that sometimes the best way to deal with temptation is just to eliminate it. Just, 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 just to get rid of it. Here's what we read in, in Galatians 5, 17. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so you do not do what you want. Sometimes you have to eliminate the temptation. You know what that means? For some of you, that means that you put a block on your computer. That you don't subscribe to the premium channels. For some of you, that means that you just get a phone that just dials and does text. For some of you, that means if you got a problem because you eat tons of chips, you don't go the, down the chip aisle at the grocery store. You go down the toilet paper aisle because you can't get in trouble with toilet paper aisle. You just avoid the chip aisle altogether. For some of you, that means, you know, if you have a problem drinking, you don't go to the bar. If it's drugs, you don't be around those people who are shooting up in those places where you can have access to drugs. If it's somebody at the office that, that you're sort of flirting with and you go, oh, there may be, feel a little bit of tingles about, something like that, then you either change departments or you change jobs. Why would you want to face a temptation down the road if you can eliminate it today? Why would you want to put yourself even in that spot where you might be tempted? Don't even go down that road, Solomon says. You eliminate it today. You starve it. You, 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 uh, you put it to death. Galatians 5.17, because if you live according to the Spirit, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put the death deeds of the body, you will live. See, here, here's the basic principle of life. Uh, okay, we'll finish. So then, brothers and sisters, you're not obligated to the flesh according to live to the flesh. All right, here's some, just a basic principle in life. What you feed grows, what you starve dies, Right? You feed yourself, you eat, 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 you're going to grow. Probably not in the way you want, but you're going to grow. You starve yourself, you're going to die. You want to, you got a plant, you feed and water that plant, give it sunshine, it's going to grow. 
You don't give it any water. Don't, don't give it any fertilizer or anything like that. Don't give it any sunlight. It's going to die. Unless you bring it over to our house, no matter what we do to it, it'll probably die. But, it's, but here's, a, here's the thing. You feed the flesh. You start going after sinful things and you start going down those paths. Guess what's going to happen to you spiritually? You're going to shrivel up, starve to death, and die. You feed your spiritual side. You get connected to God and you bond with Him. Guess what's going to happen to the flesh and those desires of the flesh? They're going to shrivel up and they're going to die. Very simple. Back to, back to chapter 8, verse 13. Oh, wrong place. Let me back up here one. Okay. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So if you go down that path of feeding the flesh, what's going to happen? You're going to die. Die. There's going to be a death that takes place. You're going to die. Uh, here's some ways it's put to me. Sin thrills and it kills. Sin fascinates and it assassinates. Or my favorite, sin is like a sneeze. It feels good going out, but then there's snot everywhere. The, the point is this. You're going to die. There's going to be a death that takes place. Maybe a death of a marriage, a death of a family, a death of your finances. There's always a death that takes place. That's going to happen. Let's go back to... Click, 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 click. We're going to go back to this. Can you get me back to this? Somebody over there. Uh, back to uh, 13, 813. Back me up to there. Okay. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit, okay, what does it mean? If by the power of the Spirit, it's not I'm so, so strong. It says that through the power of the Spirit, you will put to death. means you're starving it. You stay away, and it dies. And here's what Paul says before that. So then, brothers and sisters, we're not obligated. Obligated to live, uh, obligated to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. You're under no obligation. You're under no obligation to drink and drink and drink and drink. You're not under no obligation to have that anger and bitterness. You're under no obligation at all. To have those lusts in your life. You're not obligated at all to have those attitudes or, or to continue eating to medicate yourself or continue to worry rather than trusting God. You're under no obligation whatsoever. Why? Because your old nature, your old self has been destroyed. It's been crucified with Christ. You know what that means? That means you cannot say, I just couldn't help myself. I had no choice. Because the only reason that sin reigns in your life is if you... Thank you, Eddie. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. You should obey its lust. The only reason sin is mastering you is because you... Let it. Okay. Guys, ever play T-ball? Okay, you, they put the ball on the T... Right, And then you come along and all you have to do is swing and hit it. It's so easy, right? It's right there. It's not 
flying through squirreling like that. It's not doing a slider down the way. You know, it's not a fastball. To, it's just right there on the tee. Now, suppose you had a tee sitting right there and a big softball on it. And I gave you a bat. And all you had to do is swing and hit that ball with the bat. That's what I just did. I just set you up and I gave you on a tee ball, a big softball. And all you had to do was say, let it. Because we've been going over this for the past three Sundays. I set you up. I said, yes, here's your opportunity. You're going to be in with me on this. And when I say the only reason sin has power in your life, the only reason sin is mastering you is because you, and you're going to all say, let it. Yes. How much easier do you want it? Okay. I know you have to stay awake probably a little more than you want to, but it's so easy. It's just everybody wants to hit the ball, and you can put it anywhere you want to on the field on that tee, right? I can hit it over the fence. I can hit it over the right fielder's head and make a duck. You can do anything you want. All you had to do was hit it. That's all so easy. So, temptation is there. It's in our culture, and we're losing the battle. We're giving into it. Family after family after family, person after person after person. We see this because we, we see what it's doing to, to, to every family. So there's, there's just destruction everywhere. I'm talking about in our Christian culture. It's destroying us. There's not a family that hasn't experienced it. Destruction to some extent. Every family. It can be divorce. It can be sexual sin. It can be financial stuff. It's just everywhere. So sin is, is mastering us. Temptation is a big issue. Whether it's temptation to anger and bitterness or, or porn or drugs or drinking or whatever, it's there in every family. And we got to realize that, first of all, we got to get bonded to God. we got to get connected to Him. we got to understand that everything we do is for His glory. we got to have Him the center of our lives. And once we have the center of our lives, then... We look at, oh, the people who we hang around with. Then we look at things that we can eliminate. We look at doing these things, and that helps us be able to, to battle temptation and to do it effectively. Because that's what God has given us the ability to do. And that's why he says, the only reason sin is reigning in your life right now is because you have let it. It's time to no longer let it. It's time to, to step up and become a people who are bonded to God. It's time to step up and, and you do a, a friendship upgrade. You know, it's time you get around the right people. And it's time you say, look, I'm just eliminating this. I'm just getting it out of the way. Because Psalms, don't even go near it, Psalm says. You don't even go down that path. And so there's certain things you just eliminate. A lot easier to eliminate the possibility now than to have to deal with the temptation down the road. So you just get it out of the way. That's what God is calling us to do. So this may be a time where you have to say, okay, pastor, <laughs> I'm ready, but I, I want to get bonded to God. I want to get those right people. I want to eliminate temptation. We're going to talk about some more in the next couple of weeks. But you're ready to do that. Are you? Yes. Because the truth is, thanks, Al. You're welcome. See? You know what? When I'm in your class Sunday morning and you ask questions and then you wait for answers 
It's just good to know you got feedback that people are with you, isn't it? Glad to know you're with me. All right. So let's get on the right track. And let's do that. Let's do that as individuals. Let's do that as a church. Because what you hear me say, we can't be corporately what we're not individually, right? If we don't individually get there, we can't be there corporately. And we need to start turning this around. Uh, because it hasn't been going in a good direction for years. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.